Hello and welcome into another episode of Gifted Kid Messy Adult, the podcast where Prudential went to die. I'm your host, Ellie Michaels. I use she, her. I am your host, Jessica Michaels, and I use she, they. And today we are talking overwhelm. Overwhelm. And That's why... the thing I am. Yeah, I was saying, why, why did we pick overwhelm today, Ellie? Do you have a, a guess as to why I wanted to talk about that today? Uh, is it because I woke up to messages that I had a whole bunch of stuff to do today and was immediately overwhelmed and jumped into a higher gear than I probably should have and then stepped on a thing and was loud? You, you know, you've been grouchier than I would normally expect at 8 o'clock in the morning on a Thursday. Yeah, that, that had something to do with it. Okay, okay. But also... We've been complaining or I've been complaining about how tired I've been lately because my reaction to being overwhelmed is my body to go, you need to sleep right right now, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, you need to shut down at this moment, which is especially fun when I'm driving. That's That's super exciting. So I thought it would be good to talk about different situations that can contribute to overwhelm and how it affects us because it affects people differently. And I think even just between the two of us, it 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 certainly affects us differently. And then we can hopefully talk about some strategies to mitigate some of some of that. Oh good. I need those. <laughs> I'm you know I charge people for this, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't, I'm, you're going to have to talk to my wife. She's the one who does like most of the money earning and business things. But, uh, I think you two could probably, you, I think the two of you would get along really well. I'll send myself an invoice. I'll send myself an invoice. So that's good. More stress for you, (laughs) which contributes to my overwhelm. See full circle. Look at that. Look at that. One of the things I know that is overwhelming to me is emotional situations, which I think I've noticed doesn't seem to affect you as much as it does me. But when I've got, you know, personal stuff going on, when I have, um, whether it's, you know, a a family thing or whether we're, you know, maybe a little little chippy with each other one day or, or whatever it is, my first reaction is to find a bed hopefully mine but I'm not picky uh put put a blanket over my head and just I just want to disappear from the world yeah I just I just shut down and I didn't realize until recently that that is one form of burnout um that often occurs with people that are autistic, which I happen to be. Um, And so there are times when I just want to sleep for days, weeks, months, years. But I haven't noticed that you do that. So do you ever find yourself in emotional overwhelm situations? Or does that is that not something that really affects you? More often, I tend if, if I'm getting emotional overwhelm or like interpersonal overwhelm, uh, I don't shut down. I kind of slip into a different gear, like very much like if I'm playing like Sonic the Hedgehog and there's just a bunch of stuff happening really quickly. You kind of just have to unfocus and just kind of 
grab stuff as it comes and kind of dodge it as it comes. And that's that tends to be what I had what I do with more emotional stuff is I just kind of drop into a different gear and then run with it, basically. Um, I think much more work stuff overwhelms me. Uh, financial stuff tends to overwhelm me. Um, and then I usually just get like grumpy and <laughs> kind of just like, all right, we're going to white knuckle our way through this and do the thing and got to do the thing and got to do the thing. Well, I can't do the thing. I'm going to do something. I'll clean. Yeah. Can you tell, so I know today, this is a good example. Today, you've got a bunch of work projects that kind of came at you all at once. And I straight up forgot. I forgot. That was the other thing. It's when I'm mad at myself too, because it's Thursday and I forgot I had to do this stuff this week and I should have had this done on, you know, Monday or Tuesday. Mm. Um, I'm justifying my bad mood. Sorry, do go on. No, I was wondering if you can, because I think one of the things that is hard for, uh, for my clients and for, uh, for, for, for me too, is that you don't figure out that you're overwhelmed until it's on top of you. And then you're trying to deal with not just all of the stuff that you had to deal with, but now these physical responses or these emotional responses that you, that you were having on top of everything, you know, and it just compounds. Are you able to tell when you are starting to feel overwhelmed or do you also have that where it's just like all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, this is what I am now. Generally, yeah, it's 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 not like, oh, this is building. This is building. It's I notice I'm in that that gear of like, all right, I'm just going to walk all day. Like I have a whole bunch of places to go. The car doesn't work and I'm going to need to walk all day. So I'm just going to put myself in walking gear and just do stuff nonstop all day. Um, or I'm, you know, I, I always feel like I'm justifiably grumpy. <laughs> and then I, I'll, once I sit down and start doing the thing and, you know, progress starts happening, then the grumpy seems to subside. Uh, but no, it's really hard to catch when it's just building. Uh, mm-hmm. It really is much more of a, a hmm. The dog seems to be afraid of me. I might be a bit overwhelmed right now. Uh, And it's not like, oh, stop and take a break and you'll feel better. It's like, no, if I stop and take a break, I'm pushing off the thing I need to do, which is making me more overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like I feel justified in that, like, the the response is the thing that fixes the thing. Like, yeah, I'm grumpy and annoyed, but. I'm I'm also focused on what I'm doing so I can do the thing, which will make me then not grumpy and annoyed once I get the thing at least moving. But the problem is you're not focused and reasonable or focused and able to work at your peak. I mean, if it were one of those situations where, oh, there's a deadline. And so I drop into being able to do my best work. That's that's great. You know, that is something that you can use. But when it's this overwhelmed, this burnout type of situation, then you're not making your best decisions. And you're you're not maybe a, a five to 10 minute break to sit and plan things might actually be the best thing for you, but you just need to plow ahead or you're less likely to be accepting of help. Or uh, some people might be less likely to accept delegation because you just get into this mode of, no, I have to do it. I have to do everything. And 
the only solution is for me to sit down and do this when maybe that is not the only solution. But that is the solution. I'm the only one who does the thing. (laughs) I'm saying sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, there are times when it, it would be good to take a few minutes to sit down and, and make a plan or bounce some ideas off of somebody else. Other people could be in situations where they could delegate, but when you're in that overwhelmed state, you stop being reasonable. You know, it, you just you 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 just move into this zone where you're just not your best. You're not your best self and you're frantic and trying to produce. So it just, all of these things compound again, because then you're mad at yourself for not being able to create your best work. And you're already mad at yourself for being in the situation in the first place. It's just so easy to spiral. And I think so many things, you know, when I think of being a messy adult, that is the thing that often stands out to me is it's never just one thing. It's one thing leads to another thing, to another thing, to another thing, and you never get a break. And it's never just a little of anything. It's just everything all the time. It never rains, but it pours. Yeah, absolutely. And for for clarification, we're talking like the general you, not like me specific, right? Like, (laughs) yeah, this this is not purely an indictment of my character and my ability to withstand too much sensory input at once. Oh, no, not at all. I think this is something that when I talk to my clients, this is often something that I find that they're dealing with that they don't know that they're dealing with. Because part of the problem is I think I see other people dealing with a bunch of stuff and they don't go all bonkers. So I feel like I shouldn't go all bonkers either. or. I know that I can physically accomplish whatever these tasks are in that I have the skill set. So if I need to work on a book and I need to do, you know, write two e-learnings and I've got housework to do, whatever, I am physically capable of doing each of those things individually. And I know that I have unlimited potential so I can do these things really well. So I know that I can do all this stuff. So then when I can't or don't, it is even more crushing because then the reason that I'm not doing them, it must be, again, because I'm lazy. I'm really bad at these things. I have fooled everybody for you know over 40 years and I'm actually terrible at all this stuff. And so it isn't just that, oh, these projects are a challenge or, oh, that I'm tired all of a sudden. It's that everything just kind of locks into this existential dread and this, you know, opens up this vortex of, oh my God, I'm a terrible person and can't do anything. And so that's just a lot to kind of have hanging over, like if you do the dishes or not, you know, or if you turn this thing in on Wednesday night or Thursday morning when you have so much attached to all these things, it's like, it's never about the task. It's also about the fact that I'm not a doctor at the same time. Does that make sense? I think so. Because 
guilt is definitely in there. Um, and I think this plays into a lot of uh, sensory overwhelm. And uh, I think the clearest I think about this uh, is with TV shows. Like we're in the the golden age of television and you can't have three conversations with someone without them recommending a new TV show. And most people appear to be able to sit down and watch TV for several hours at a time. Whereas if I sit down and watch a show, I'm going to remember all of it like all of it. And I'm going to be picking it apart as I watch it. And it's just so much sensory input. I can't watch that much stuff. And then I feel guilty that I'm not watching the thing that the person told me I should watch and I would really like, and I probably would really like it. But I can't do that like a normal person can. And so that guilt piles on. And then like, the, the the list of things I need to watch gets longer and longer and longer. And then, oh, the, thing, the, the person who recommended this to me must think that I hate them or I don't value their input or their advice. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's not that I'm, a, I'm not a doctor. It's just, I haven't been able to catch up on Doctor Who. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that when people say, I think you would like this show, there isn't going to be a test later? on the events of that show, you actually don't have to watch the show. But then why would they say the thing? That's 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 what that means, right? That's a binding immediate social contract that I have to do that or it proves that I don't actually like them? No, most of the time they'll forget, frankly. Uh, very rarely do people follow up on those discussions. And, you know, if you stay off Reddit, I think you'd probably be in the clear most of the time. I haven't touched Reddit in months, really. See, you're already ahead of the game. Now, I think that's something that is part of, you know, e even in these these different situations, the way our brains take in a lot of this information is so different than other people. You know, that, you know, for example, very few people watch a TV show and take in every detail about they're not analyzing the script. They're not analyzing the way the lighting is set up. They're not automatically plotting it against the hero's journey. They're not comparing it against, you know, Tolkien lore. They're, they're just watching the thing. And doing what? That's what you do when you watch things. I don't, I'm not, they're just sitting there. The neurodivergent brain and I'm going to, I must admit, I don't have a, a ready source for this statistic. So I'll have to do a little bit more research to, to pull this out. But it is the stated, you know, or the commonly uh, held belief is that a neurodivergent brain or highly sensitive brain takes in 10 times more information at any given moment than a, what we would consider a neurotypical brain. For you, I think that's a really good example is that is your 10 times when you're watching a show, you're taking in all of the stuff and it's just all piling on, whereas other people can just sit down and enjoy the thing. I think for me, it's the existential dread, you know, that goes into all of these projects and the fact that, you know, it ties into all of these childhood trauma issues and things, you know, and, and the, the way that I process emotions, I think that's my 
sometimes my 10 times more than, you know, than other people. And sometimes it's just, you know, for other people it could be sensory overwhelm, physical sensations. Like I can't do the thing while I've got, because I can hear my neighbor from three doors down, I can hear their radio and it's really bright outside and, and all of these things. So I think it's really easy for a lot of us to get overwhelmed and when you look at the situation on its face, even we will look and go, oh, but you're just watching a TV show. Oh, you're just doing a couple of chores. It is hard for us even to remember all of the extra things that our brains are trying to take in at any point in time. So definitely a neurotypical person or somebody who isn't familiar with these issues isn't going to understand, you know, so then you've got bosses and teachers and parents and spouses and friends who are looking at you going, but it's just a TV show, but it's just a couple of tasks. You've got to be able to do these things because they have no understanding of what our brain is dealing with at any given point in time. So it's tough because you're overwhelmed and then you're giving yourself crap and then the world is giving you crap for not being able to do the thing. And and that can have real big implications, like whether or not you stay married, whether or not you stay employed. Am, am, I, am, I, am I so grumpy you're going to divorce me? I didn't think I was that bad. Jesus. No, because I'd have to put that on a to-do list, and that would just be a lot of tasks. And we've accomp- we've talked about the fact that <sighs> I don't have I don't have the spoons right now. So, no, oh, thank I think we're maker. good. We're good. We're good. We're good. Yeah, it's it's tough and and there are so many different situations that trigger overwhelm. You know, like I said, it, it could be um emotional stuff. It could be just a, a big work project. It could be the fact that I'm fine, but the temperature in the room I'm sitting in is three degrees warmer than normal. And that sets off my sensory system. It just seems sometimes like it's impossible to operate in a situation where you can remove all of the things that could possibly overwhelm you and your brain in the way the world exists right now. You'd have to live in a bubble. And even if you live in a bubble, then you also have, you know, you, you have you have the world in your pocket in a smartphone and like mm-hmm. social media becomes an obligation uh phone games become an obligation i have to do my dailies i have to check on that post i have to respond to people who respond to me like you have to watch the show that people recommend to you right right yeah because that's the other thing too is we take things on as requirements that other people don't. It would never occur to people, some people to feel guilty about not watching a TV show that somebody recommended to them. But to us, it's just another thing that we're not we're not good at, you know, or that, that we're not doing. So we Ooh. impose a lot of that stuff on ourselves too. I saw I saw a relevant post. Neurodivergent people tend to be given a list of tasks. Like here is your project and it's broken down into a list of things. And we have to do all of those things. You have to knock off that entire list. But apparently neurotypical people will go, okay, I can do like 60% of that 
or like, you know, 75% of that and it's fine because it wouldn't occur to them that you have to do all of the things. And that's, that, I, that was like a week ago and I'm still trying to get my head around that. Like, why would you assign me these things if you don't need me to do all of these things? At work, you know, the challenge that, that I have had is, you know, if you get a big project and you, you talk about the big project and these are all the things that need to be accomplished, but then maybe the project changes a little bit or somebody else takes care of something, but maybe the, the giant list of things that you needed to do on Wednesday is slightly different on Thursday. But to me, that even though that the situation has changed and some of those things don't make sense anymore, I was told to do them. I was told to do them on Wednesday. And until somebody comes in and says, no, these things are no longer required, that's their, their etched in stone. Of course they are required. Uh, it doesn't matter if circumstances have changed and perhaps those things are no longer relevant because the overriding thing is I was told to do them. And and often at work, you'll find that maybe managers will throw out an idea like, oh, you know, we should put all of the things, you know, wouldn't it be great if we had a catalog of all of the, the scripts we've used in the past? Jess, can you do that? That to me is marching orders. So that's an instruction. And so I am going to do that. And I'm going to think that I need to maintain that until somebody tells me not to. So then six months later, when my boss is like, why are you putting so much time into that? It's like, because you told me to. Why would I not? That's why would I not point, be doing you, that? You, you tell me to do the things, and then I do the things. And that's why I get paid. And I, that's why I have worth. And what? That's how this whole thing goes together. And, and then look at you like you're, you're bonkers, you know, and it's, it is trying to navigate what the expectations are of other people easily contributes to this feeling of being overwhelmed because you always sort of feel lost. Like how do other people know how to manage these things so well? And I don't, you know, how do other people not get overwhelmed well because they've let go of these other 30 tasks that really don't matter to anybody but, but how that are you I'm supposed to be able them. to tell that like mm -hmm. you get handed the list you you i have the things to do i must mm -hmm. it, i mm, this is i'm not even doing a bit here i'm like legit <laughs> having difficulty getting my head around this concept mm -hmm. i know i know it's 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 tough and there are so many areas that, and I don't think this is, you know, if you look at some of the clinical, um, you know, symptoms and, and of ADHD and, and autism, overwhelm is definitely a part of it, you know, that it plays into so many different things. It plays into executive function. It plays into emotional dysregulation. When you look at being a, a highly sensitive person, you know, all the sensory issues, it's just so many things that, that feed into this feeling that I think to, I have a hard time even picturing a situation where I wouldn't be overwhelmed at some point, you know, we, I'd have to limit my emotional taxation, which you can't cut down the number of people you interact with too badly or that or too drastically, or that causes emotional overwhelm in itself. 
so anytime, but anytime you incorporate people into your life, there's going to be emotional issues that, that come up and in, in interpersonal things. I can't not work. So I'm always going to have work to deal with. I'm always going to be navigating professional situations and professional relationships. So I would have to not work, not be around too many people, but, but also not be around not enough people. Mm-hmm. I, it, like, how do you even put that life together? Well, as soon as I figure it out, I'll let you know, you know, my wife is actually a coach for these kinds of things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's, and it, it, I think that that is probably the, the first challenge to me is recognizing how much overwhelm impacts you in your life. Because to me, I thought it was just about everything else before I said it was overwhelmed because I have, I got headaches and I get headaches just about every day, I have chronic headaches and and migraines. And I've been to so many doctors and so many tried so many medications and different things. And it took a long time for me to realize that, oh, no, 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 that's actually a a burnout symptom that comes from masking every day. Uh And, you know, having to exist in this neurotypical world, this exhaustion, we went through everything from, oh, it's a caffeine allergy to it's a hormonal imbalance to it's Uh, a nutrition thing and oh I need to get more exercise and all of these things so you naturally I think a lot of people first go to those types of solutions they're they're physical symptoms so there must be a physical cause Mm -hmm. and then even when you get to the point where you start to think Mm -hmm. that it might be something else understanding that oh this all these things that are happening are just too much for my brain that's difficult that's not a realization that people come to easily or or quickly for a lot of us so i think that's the first step is just figuring out and acknowledging that yes overwhelm affects me in at least these situations and then identifying where you can potentially reduce any as much stress as you can. I don't think a reasonable goal is I want to remove overwhelm from my life because as we talked about, I think that would be really, really difficult. If you can figure out how to swing it in your situation, that's fantastic. I think it's unreasonable for most of the people I work with. I think it's unreasonable for me. So going down to zero is just not the right choice. I think if you can pick maybe the biggest mountain, what is the situation that affects me the most? Or what is the situation where I can make the most impact by making changes than attacking things one by one is a more realistic process than attacking, you know, everything all together. I think, for example, for you right now, if you were my client, I would say, okay, could you talk out this giant project? Could you, is there anything that we could do today that would help you accomplish what you need to do more quickly? Because we have two situations, right? We have the short term, 
that needs to be dealt with now. But then we know this comes up, this kind of situation comes up. So we have the long-term plan for the future. So let's, for right now, let's focus on the short-term. Is there anything today that we could do that would help make things easier? Would body doubling help? Would accountability checks help? Could I check in with you in an hour or two hours? Is there anything we could take off your plate? Are there any meetings that we could move till tomorrow or to next week? Are there any other tasks that you need to accomplish or you feel like you need to accomplish that maybe we could put off till tomorrow? So I would go through that process for the short-term situation to kind of get your breath back today. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. For the long-term, then we want to think about, okay, we know this happens a lot. So... What could we do differently to make sure that, or to help keep us from being in this situation again? Could we, you know, are your deadlines at about the same time every week? Is mm -hmm. it something that we can plan around? Say, okay, we know that you're probably going to have stuff due Friday. So by Wednesday, we should put on the calendar a standing appointment to check this, 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 and this, you know, or, or what can we do to just get in the habit of dealing with earlier in the week so that if this stuff comes up, then you're prepared. And if it doesn't, then well, help. You got some free time on Friday, you know? Uh, and so that I think is a process then that you have to repeat because that takes care of this work situation, this one deadline situation, but doesn't take care of every other overwhelming situation that you could possibly encounter. So then you kind of have to go to the next one and sort of systematically go through and tackle each bucket of challenging things one at a time. So if you were my client, that is what I would help you do. Okay, how can I... Get my clients to do that. <laughs> like, okay, this this video has to be ready by Thursday night. I need I I, I need the, the the pictures and the information of like the project spotlight for this week before I can make the video about the project spotlight. I cannot I, mm -hmm. I cannot make bricks without straw. Like mm -hmm. yeah. how 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 do I how do I bonk bonk them on the head? First You'd need to figure out exactly what you would need in order to be able to do the thing. So backtrack. If the video has to be in by, you know, this time on Friday, then you need to send over your thing by what time on Thursday. So when do you need the art and things and, and figure out exactly what you need so that you can discuss with whoever it is okay we know that you need this stuff by this date here's what it will take and then when certain elements get pushed back you have to remind people like okay I understand you can't get me the the thing today that's fine now this will push back the final product until Saturday is that acceptable mm, I get the impression that it's not so that's getting close to saying no and i can't i can't do that that's that's gonna get me you know fired and going to prove that i'm not 
worthy of uh, validation, love, or respect. So yeah, no, that's not a that's it, not a it thing. It feels like saying no because often we try to put ourselves in this again. You know that you can physically do this thing if they send it to you two minutes before your deadline. Could you, in theory, heroically put something together? You feel like because in theory you could that that is what you need to do. But the thing that you have to consider is the tax that that puts on you. The That's the situation that leads to being overwhelmed. And that is not something that is repeatable. You can only do that a certain number of times before your brain and your body shut down or before you're just not able to do that work anymore. So you're you're sort of winning the battle to lose the war in those situations. And the more that you do, I mean, if you let somebody send you the thing a day late, then it's going to go to a day and a half. It's going to go to two days. It's going to go to three days. You've got to push back and set some boundaries. You know, there are consequences which is so easy to say and so hard to do in a lot of employment situations. I'm already thinking of ways that I can like just completely avoid doing that. Like just nope, nope, not going to do that. Nope, nope. How can I how can I lie to get around that? What <laughs> It's like I'll uh you know what? I'll just I'll just uh I'll, I'll grab the images off of uh, Google image. No one will check. It'll be fine. Yeah, you know, I mean and and that honestly, is sometimes a solution too. I mean, there's not one solution that is going to work. Obviously, having these kind of conversations and and being able to set boundaries and, and things like that are skills that many of us need to develop. And it's like the worst, hardest thing for us to do. So I think as a as a coach and as a, a corporate training professional, I would say, here's the way that you deal with these situations. But in reality, you got to do what you got to do. And and you can only do what you can. And if having those conversations is going to be more stressful than just grabbing the images off of Google, then, you know, sometimes you're going to grab the images off of Google. But when you do have a little bit more time and energy, then being able to look at the situation and deal with it in a more longer lasting way is something to prioritize. Like that's another thing about being neurodivergent or, or being a, a messy adult that I think is so important for us and maybe isn't for other people is that when you do have that energy, when you do have those spoons, you need to capitalize. You know, the thing that you say to me a lot is, how about now? How about right now? Whenever it's, oh, you know, we should put a shelf up right there. You go, how about now? How about right now? Because, which is another way of saying, hey, we've got the energy right now. We don't know the next time we're going to have all of the energy. So we need to do the thing at this moment. And that's another way to reduce or to avoid getting overwhelmed. You're just doing what you can when you can, right? Yeah. And that's, you know, that's about the best we can do. And and if you got to take a nap, if you got to take a shortcut, if you've got to, you know, 
set up your life so that it works for you and your brain, then, you know, that's what we can do. In the eternal words of Tignataro, how about now? How about right now? Uh, which was just a thing that stuck when uh, I was learning about her dealing with a potentially fatal illness that was like, well, don't know when I'm going to be able to do this and I want to do it now. So let's do it now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you for giving credit where credit is due. That it's is not my line. It's not my line. Don't attack me on Twitter, X. What are we calling it now? I don't know. I'm not on there. I'm not calling it anything because... Call it a yeah. dumpster fire? Exactly. Exactly. And I don't need that in my life because that also contributes to my being overwhelmed. I got to separate from that stuff. Like, I got enough crap to deal with. I can't deal with the rest of that. Other people got to deal with that. So bringing it around, bringing it around, bringing it home. Speaking of bringing it around and bringing it home, we would love for you to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else that you are able to. It really does help us out. Share the show with other people who maybe are some gifted, uh, former gifted kids, maybe some current messy adults. If you do want to have a coaching session with me, you can reach out to me on my website at coachjessicamichaels.com. And what am I forgetting? Oh, new shows every Wednesday. So please keep checking us out uh, on YouTube and then anywhere else that you get podcasts. And you can find us on Facebook at Gifted Kid Messy Adult. If you want to help us build some community of uh, former gifted kids and current messy adults, share some uh, strategies for reducing that mess a little bit <laughs> and navigating a neurotypical world with a neurodivergent brain. That sounds great. Any final thoughts or you want to take us out? Oh, so many final thoughts. But none of this applies to me. That's the important thing is that I can just I can just handle this. It's fine. I'll just white knuckle brute force my way through it. This is very good advice for literally everyone else. So it's very nice of you to do that. Now I'm going to go back to uh, banging my head against the wall because eventually I'll get through the wall or my head will crack. Either way, the problem will be solved. I'm going right? to invoice you for so many sessions. <laughs> Again, you have to talk to my wife. She makes most of the money. Mm -hmm.